another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Halstrom. How are you today, Chris? Good morning, Jody. I am doing as well as I can, considering that my daughter is about to move away to college. So, oh. yeah, and not to get too personal there, but so that that it's been a little bit of a stressful week, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apart from that, doing all right. How about yourself, man? I'm in good health at the moment. I am not going to complain. Good, good, good. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Let's jump right into today's episode then, now that we've got those pleasantries out of the way. Yeah, let's get the formalities out of the way. I'm going to do a lot of the questioning today, Joey, okay. because we are talking about Apple's main stage app today. Yes. That is an application that I know you have a fair bit of experience with. I where would venture to say that I have a lot of bit of experience with it. Even pointed out a bunch of bugs to Apple for it, too. Well, there you go, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But I have very little experience with it. I haven't used it live, so I'm going to lean on you today, buddy. Shame but on you. Shame. Shame on you. I, I, well, you know, I haven't really <laughs> had a need for it, to be quite honest, but maybe I will in the future. We will see. Sure. For people who are not aware of what main stage is, maybe we'll start there, and maybe you can explain just a broad overview of what main stage is. In simple terms, the way I would look at it, it is is a plugin host. Mm. Literally, yeah. that's it's, it's a plugin host that allows you to route audio from plugins to audio channels on an audio interface. Is the simple explanation of what it is. The other explanation that I would give it is it's like a DAW minus the complex arrange page. Right. That you would get where you can do all these multiple different things all at once in terms of audio recording and MIDI data and all of that is not quite the same in MainStage because it's not meant as an audio recording device. Even though it has that capability, it's not the same as a multi-track tape player when it's doing it. Yeah, it's it's a, an app that's primarily for live use. Yes. And I think initially it was seen as a great vehicle for keyboard players sure. that had these expansive rigs and just bring your laptop essentially and have everything in plug-in form, ease for complex routing and all this kind of stuff that we'll get into later. But it's essentially an application to help you transfer whatever you may have used in the studio or not, but to the live stage to run everything that we're about to get into. So it's a handy application, and I think you have said nothing but good things about it, at least in its current incarnation. I yeah. think it had a little bit of growing pains. but Yeah, there were some yeah. growing pains as it was getting to the level that it's at now, but now it's a very handy, capable machine. Although there's one massive oversight that will never be fixed, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll touch on that. <laughs> well, I guess it's bad for me to say never. It's not that it's never. It's that it's not on the roadmap in any way, shape, or form that I'm aware of. Right. But if it's the issue that I think it is, and you'll have to expand on it later, but I think that is relates a little bit to some pretty advanced and somewhat esoteric use. Yeah, I would call it extremely advanced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So who is this good for? Well, I mean, we've touted now that it's a pretty cool application, but who would you strongly recommend it to? Guitar players, bass players, keyboard players, 
even vocalists. Yeah. Yeah. There's like essentially three quarters of a band right there. Okay. So let, let's start with the top of the list there. Why is it good for guitar players and bass players? From my standpoint, and I think from your standpoint as well, when you are playing in the studio, we tend to do everything direct using plugins to mm, recreate yeah. the concept of live amplifiers and cabinets and all that to create guitar sounds and bass sounds. You can do the exact same thing using main stage and do it live, and then you're not carting around giant stacks. You don't right. have to cart around tons of foot pedals. All this stuff is essentially built in. Anything that you can use in a DAW and recording environment, digitally speaking, you can use in main stage. Yeah. It's a flexibility thing. Yeah, very flexible. Where, we, where we've talked about the pros, obviously, of using amp emulations and things in your DAW as opposed to a big tube head or right. whatever your, your choice of amp is. You can now have the same flexibility live, and especially today where you might be an act that is not necessarily flying everywhere and have everything that you want. It can be very beneficial to have that flexibility just in your laptop. Right. So you have a lot less gear to kind of lug around. I think it's the next step in a generation beyond the quote-unquote fly rig that you might get from, say, Sansamp or Helix. Even though Helix is very advanced in what it can do, and it can do a lot of different guitar sounds, speaking strictly from a guitar player and or bass player standpoint, if you're in a cover band, so to speak, you probably need a vast variety of sounds depending on the type of cover band that you are. And in that regard, some of these fly rigs don't have that giant, vast array of sounds. But main stage with a laptop and an audio interface, bingo, you have it. You can create pretty much any sound under the sun you could ever think of for guitar sounds and for bass sounds, and you have them all right there in one small compact form. And of course, you're also not tied down to one manufacturer. This is not, so right. if people are thinking that this is not just Logic or Apple plugins, you can use any third party in this so that if you have your favorite emulation that you like to use, but it's not a Line 6 if you have a Helix or it's not a built-in Apple thing, you can use plugin and lines, you can use your neural DSP, anything it is available to, to get loaded in. Yeah, Studio Devil, Native like, Instruments, whoever. Right. A any AU or VST. Because it does, do does it do VST or is it AU only? It's AU only in terms of main stage. Right. Okay. So it's the same as Logic for yes. that. But, but most major plugins, I would venture to say, that are pretty much all platforms now. Right. right. So, okay. So and the and same applies to keyboard players as well, because any synth sound that is an AU is now available to you to play live. Right. In terms of creating sounds and whatnot for the cover bands. Let's say you need the old Bon Jovi, she's a little runaway sound for the keyboards. I'm sure somebody's got a patch for that. You can grab it. You get that right. synth sound. Your controller can now play that sound. It makes it very simple in terms of synths as well to be able to route any synthesizer sound that you can think of in soft synths will play through main stage as long as they're AU. And the same, of course, for if you're with your own compositions there, if you have your own tracks and that you did on an album five years ago, you can just pull up that channel strip and, and load that in. Yes, I, this, strictly but, speaking, if you're using software sense or, or software right, keyboards. Right, that of course, yeah, yeah. But, and with um, vocalists, they can create 
the input for their mic, and then they can set up whatever special effects they want and run those effects through main stage live or in the studio as well. And if they want real-time effects on those things, they can do that using main stage. Right. I remember Nine Inch Nails actually used to do this on at least one tour where they were running main stage. Yes, they did. And you can see Trent very clearly, he has like a controller on his mic stand that he controls the delay with. If you go on YouTube and look, I can't remember which tour it was, but it was five or 10 years ago where he's triggering his delay and everything through main stage just right there on his mic stand as opposed to being dependent on the sound guy to trigger that. So, yeah. And if we talk pretty... about like also another fairly large act that plays quite regularly with this stuff, that would be Billy Joel. Mm, His keyboard player, right, David Rosenthal, uses main stage to house the entire Billy Joel catalog. <laughs> That's pretty intense. It, it is. It's extremely intense. He runs a dual Mac Pro format so that in case something does go down with a computer, like it glitches, he's got a switch right there in front of him that he can switch from one computer to the other. They're running concurrently, and he can switch right over and not lose sound for more than a few seconds if that that's pretty impressive and the fact that the way billy joel works his live concerts is that there's no set list it's whatever he decides to call out the band's got to be ready to go boom you're done so no pressure no pressure at all so he has the massive catalog of every keyboard sound that he's playing for billy joel right there in front of him and he just needs to scroll right to it clunk, hit the setting for it and immediately he's ready to play just like that all in main stage that's pretty cool yeah, so, I mean, it's a fantastic tool for live performance. I think some people might get the idea that this is only for sort of triggering loops or anything like background tapes or if it's like backing vocals or anything on tape. And sure, you could use it for that, but I think that's also taking a very limited view of what it actually is that it can do. Sure. Yeah. It's great for people that want to be a one-man band because, as you just mentioned, it does have the capability of playing audio back at the same time. And you can set up multiple channels of audio as well to play back on these plugins called the playback plugin, where you can set up all of your additional sounds. Like you could set up a drum track, a bass track. Let's say you're just a solo singer guitar player that wants to have an entire band behind you without the band. You could do this with main stage yeah, or any kind of karaoke type situation where you want anything but you, and then you can do everything live and everything else is on a playback setup. It's not just that, but it also does have the ability to do live looping as well, a la kind of like the Ed Sheeran and the other foot pedals that do that kind of thing. It's not quite as advanced as something as, say, Mobius that was around a few years back and no longer available, but there's other live loopers that if they're in AU format, you could still use them as a plug-in inside MainStage and go way beyond MainStage's built-in looping ability. So you're talking about the instance now of recording something on the spot, having it loop, and then being able to, to play to it, add more, more elements to it, and so forth. Yes. Yeah, so th that's pretty cool. I was thinking when you were talking about keyboards here as well, where it obviously does the same kind of thing for keyboard players, where when you have, let's say that your old precious Juno that's sitting in your studio and you really like that sound, right. but you might feel a little bit uneasy taking that on tour. But now with everything like Arturia or Softube, is it, I think that- Or Rolling Cloud. Like, you can get, Rolling Cloud. Any, you can get, any of those that have those emulations now, you could yes. presumably 
take them on the road, as it were. Yes, you so. can. And all you need is a controller to control it. You get the Roland Cloud set up and you've got whatever Juno version of the keyboards that they have, which is everything they've ever made in right. Roland Cloud. And your controller will now play Juno sounds or any other synth sounds from Roland if you want to do that. So that's pretty cool. So before we get into a little bit more, perhaps deeper functionality of it here, but can you describe sort of like the workflow that you go into? Let's say that you're a guitar player and you're going to try this out. You're going to, you've decided to leave your tube rig at home and you're going to go for it. You're just going to go laptop. How would you go about doing that, setting up your sounds and what, what gear do you need to bring and that kind of thing? Well, the very first thing you need is some sort of laptop or Mac mini, maybe even an iMac if you really want to haul something a little larger around to be able to run main stage in the first place. The second thing you need is an audio interface with at least one in and one out. There's a vast majority of audio interfaces out there that are two in, four out. So that's not something you really need to worry about a whole lot. Right. Because obviously, if you're running stereo effects, you're going to need two out. Yes. Kind of thing. You'll need right. two outputs. Yeah. yeah. And the idea there is that's as simple as you get. You get a laptop and an audio interface or a Mac Mini and an audio interface, and you're good to go when you connect them up. And you can run the software. You'll be able to take sound in for your guitar, and you'll be able to route sound out on the output. In terms of the stuff in between, you need plugins. Now, MainStage comes built in with all of the guitar plugins that you get from Logic and Apple, but you can also go third party. You can go with Native Instruments. You can go with Line 6 with both either their Pod Farm or their Helix setup. You can go with Nimbrini. You can go with Plugin Alliance amps. You can go with UA amps. You can go with Studio Devil amps. Any amp situation that you want to bring into, as long as it's an AU format, you can use. Then you just treat it much like you would your regular hardware setup. You've got your input coming in. You've got your channel strip or strips, as the case might be, of how you're setting up the plugins in what order that you want them to go in. And then you can route things either like you would in a hardware setup live on a stage where you've got your amp and you might have an effects loop in front of it and an effects loop after it, and then the cabinet. And if you're running software like MixIR from Redwires, then you can choose what kind of microphone on what kind of cabinet. Much like you would mm. in a recording situation when you're doing it direct in a studio and a, using a DAW. It's, it's almost exactly the, well, it is exactly the same thing. That allows you to create any setup that you can imagine. Then inside the software itself, you can set up the way you want the software to look when you're performing on the screen. So you have flexibility in terms of the user interface to make it look kind of the way you want. You can do a but, lot of but things. But it's for, yeah, you, you can essentially create access to anything that you might want to control. If it's, you know, uh, general controls on an amp, if it's a wet, dry set, yes. you can use anything like that. That brings me to another question here that I think is an important one when it comes to guitar players here especially, but that is how you interact with it, right? So you can, of course, just if you have, okay, well, this is my sound for song A and this is my sound for song B, but we all know that guitar players don't necessarily work that way. It's like, well, okay, well, I'm getting a little bit more of a reverb. I have a, a certain sound on the verse, and then I go into a, a dirty kind of sound, that kind of thing. So it's not practical to, to do this 
on a touchscreen or whatever, which you could do if you're walking up to your laptop. So if you got a buddy running it, that's one solution, right? Mm -hmm. But also there are MIDI pedals that can do this for you. So you get the same sort of tactile feeling of switching in between patches or if it's turning virtual boxes on and off, right? Yes. Have you, you went as far as to build your own, but do you have any experience with those MIDI controllers or not so much? Yeah, I do. But let's take a quick word from our sponsors and I'll speak about it when we're back. All right. So the question was, do I have experience with the MIDI controllers? And the answer yeah. is yes. Most guys I'm going to posit are using simple setups in that any general stomp boxy MIDI pedal will actually work for them. Then there's other guys that need stuff that's way more complex. Like I could literally take the Edge's guitar rig, that gigantic thing that he has like multiple amps and three different like gigantic pedal boards and everything. I could reduce that to main stage with one MIDI controller and mm. save them hundreds of thousands of dollars in transportation costs. <laughs> but he doesn't care about that because no, he's the he, edge. <laughs> of course. He doesn't care about that. He is the edge. But at the same time, it could be done. Generally speaking, as you were saying, you set up your sounds, whether if, if you're using one guitar sound throughout the entire song, then you really don't have to whole, worry a whole lot about switching systems and switching setups. And it's the same thing for keyboard players, too. I mean, if you're using one keyboard sound, then you just, you like my friend Dave, he's got, you know, he starts the song, and I'm pretty sure it just stays the same throughout the entire song for him. He just has the one sound or the combination of sounds that are in there. So there's no additional switching per song. However, some guys, as you mentioned, are going to have different sounds for the verse. They're going to have different sounds for maybe the pre-chorus or the chorus or whatever section's coming up next. That's when a little MIDI foot switcher is going to come in handy because you can set up patches and right. then you can have your MIDI pedal just have an increase and decrease button where you can increase to the next patch and you can step on it. Now, the thing of that course, makes it... Sorry to interrupt yeah. you there, but the benefit keyboard players have there too is, of course, that they're playing with potentially one hand. Right. On the instrument, right? So they can have just a MIDI controller and you can route any knob on your keyboard to perform set functions as well. So right. you could do that on the fly as well. But but a foot MIDI controller would be beneficial also for them. So it doesn't have to be a foot controller, just anything that you can assign MIDI to. Yes, correct. Yeah. And the great thing about MainStage in that regard is, is it can learn any function for any knob or any button that you want to do which is awesome. Now, one of the things that I find to be a major benefit for using MainStage, especially live, is for the guys that have these giant rigs where they go to someone like Bob Bradshaw to build mm. these ridiculously big rigs that can carry out a sound over a patch switch. It used to be a very complicated thing that required multiple amplifiers, multiple versions of pedals, and a very sophisticated switching system. In main stage, it's, it's not difficult. I mean, it can be difficult, but it's not difficult as the way it used to be in that you can set up a patch that if you want to go from one sound to the next and not have the sound carry over with a reverb or a delay or whatever the effect is that might transfer over, you can tell it to stop immediately on a patch switch, or you can tell it previous patch continues to play out its effects as the new patch has already switched to. Yeah. You have options there. There's other options that are extremely difficult in the hardware world where, say, 
You might have a song that switches from clean to dirty, but instead of it being a hard switch, it's like a volume pedal switch. Right. And you can yeah. set it up in main stage to work on a, you know, a MIDI volume pedal situation where you're using a live controller to be able to rotate from the clean to the dirty and back with an expression pedal instead of a yeah. patch switch. So there's really complicated things that you can do. And main stage makes it rather easy. To me, that's one of the great things about it. It's a cool tool. It certainly isn't a toy that can enable you to do some, like you said, some pretty complex things yes. in a live situation where you might want to just focus on the performance. And Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm not sure if it does at this incarnation, but can you, in the band environment, and you're running a click that might be going to the drummer, you're right. running some kind of time code, can you assign it to do patch switching at a certain time code so that you don't have to worry about it? So it automatically does it. The answer is yes and no. Main mm. stage cannot do it internally, which is unfortunate. And the reason for that is the glaring thing that I mentioned at the top of the episode in that main stage does not have a timeline. Mm. Okay. There is a main stage user on the... Logic user group boards who has created a script that can simulate the concept of a timeline, and then it will automatically do switching for you within main stage itself. But it's rather complicated, and it's not necessarily accurate. So main stage can spit out a click, click track. Changes. Well, no, right. main stage can spit out a click track. But it can't necessarily spit out patch changes because there is no timeline. However, if you use a DAW with a timeline and the DAW is running the click, then that can send out MIDI data. And then you can program into the DAW along the timeline of the click and everything else that's in the song automatic patch changes. Like an external unit can cause main stage to switch. So maybe the drummer is running a DAW and he's got control of the click. That DAW can then send MIDI data to the keyboard player, to the bass player, to the guitar player, to the vocalist, and all of their rigs can automatically switch based on the drummer's click track MIDI data switching information. So to you could things, have yeah. everything doing that in that regard. However, Mainstage in and of itself cannot auto-switch itself because it has no timeline. Got it. So it has to be an external time code. It has code. to be that, an external time, time yeah. code that forces the patch change. Right. But it can I know, be done. Right. Okay. Because I know that there are a lot of bands that, while touring, that are using Kemper rigs and the like, where sure. they have a rig running mm -hmm. and they don't have to worry about patch changes and everything. That, that just gets spit out with the click from... Yeah, that's next level in terms of like all of that. But somehow the Kemper is still receiving that patch change from somewhere. Oh, yeah, The Kemper's yeah, yeah. not doing it itself because it doesn't no, no, have no. a built-in timeline either. No, it, it is a DAW that is running that. Right. So, yeah, that, that is, I wonder if that's something, well, if that would be implemented down the line. But like you said, it needs to have a timeline right. to and be able to do that. they are not, from my understanding, Apple has not got that on their roadmap. Not that they ever talk about what they're doing in the future, but it was <laughs> intimated to me that that was not in the roadmap. Okay. 
a little bit of a glaring omission, well, according to me. But I know that that's... I would agree with you. And maybe when they first developed it, it was because they figured if you're going to do that, you might as well run Logic. Fair point. To run it. Yeah. You know, which is right. what you have to do if you're using campers and anything else that has the ability to switch on MIDI data. Right. So I, I guess it could be healthy then to think of MainStage as not an overall controller, but like an individual instrument for each performer type of a thing. Yes. Although they can do all these different instruments, but, but it's a little bit more of a personal thing as opposed to a covering the whole band type right. of thing. Well, I would posit that you probably could cover a whole band using MainStage, but you'd have to have a computer powerful enough to do it on the fly. You right. probably can't get away with doing that with a laptop or a Mac Mini. You would likely have to have a Mac Pro to make that happen. And you would have to have an audio interface that would allow you the correct number of inputs for everything, like the input for the vocalist, the input for the bass player and the guitar player or guitar players, the keyboardist or the keyboard players, to be able to run everything concurrently in one computer. Right. But if you're at that level, you might as well have individual person. controls. Well, that, that as well, but you may have a person at the side of the stage that goes ahead and, and just triggers all those changes. Could, yeah, you could anyway. have that too. Yeah. It could be done that way manually using right. a single so, point. Yeah. Yes. Right. Hmm. Okay. So we've talked about how it can replace entire rigs essentially, mm -hmm. no matter what instrument. And well, I, I wouldn't say no matter what instrument because no, it's no, not going to be able to replace technically live horns. You could get no, no, no. a horn plug-in and be able to play it with a keyboard player, but well, there's it, certain instruments, unless there's an AU version of it, yeah, you wouldn't be able to recreate it. Right. Let, let's say a basic band setup. Sure. All right. All right. So guitar, bass, drums, keyboard, not drums. So basically we're talking like a basic band setup. Can oh, I would it? say that you could do drums. As long as you, you had could a trigger, drum, you could trigger drums using a Roland V drum kit or some other electronic kit, and then some sort of sample plugin that hopefully doesn't have a ridiculous amount of latency. You could certainly right. do that because MIDI is pretty darn fast. Call Christopher again. Let's see what his, his, <laughs> right. his thoughts on it is. So it is a creative tool. It is. It. What about you know primarily for live use here, obviously, but what about can you see a function for it to use main stage in the studio? Yes, I actually can. Not too long ago, I created a guitar patch that is pretty darn complex. There's a lot of sounds going on in it. It's three different amp layers, multiple effects all going on at once. And it chews up a fair amount of CPU to do so. You think you're the edge or something? What was going <laughs> yeah, on? <laughs> no, not exactly. It just was fun to create this really rich, sonic-sounding guitar sound. It was like, I think this will be fun, so I created it. And realized at that point that if I were trying to play it with the playback of a whole bunch of tracks while tracking multiple tracks in and of itself in a studio environment, the computer handling everything would probably be a little bit upset in a few spots here and there. <laughs> so offloading that onto main stage, creating the exact same setup, would offload the processing of the studio machine from doing it. I could still run hmm. a direct out so that the studio machine has the original direct out sound, and then I could also run multiple outs for additional audio for the actual audio that's coming out of main stage. So it could be in a sense, reamping and amped at the same time, so to speak, 
which right. is something we've discussed in some of the guitar episodes. In the studio, it's a not a bad idea to actually have a direct signal in case something ever needs to be reamped. Right, yeah. Well, I guess that that's a cool thing. And I guess if you're, let's say that you're out on the road and you're running main stage and you find yourself in, in your hotel room at some time and you're getting inspired, you can write all these patches that you might use when you get back to your studio situation. Sure, right? so, and vice versa. Yeah. You can create a patch in the studio if you're using it straight out of the DAW. You can say, well, specifically the DAW has to be logic in order to save the channel strip and patch quote unquote situation and main stage will be able to open it and vice versa. If you save a patch in main stage, you can open it within logic. If you're using a different DAW, say you're using Ableton or you're using Cubase or Luna or some other DAW, you can set up your channel strip there, but then you'd have to recreate that channel strip within main stage. It's not something that would save and transfer between the DAW and main stage at that point. Yeah, still very doable, but that that's, you know, it's a handy thing. You, can be used in the studio as well. It's not the main function, obviously. Right. Can be the idea well. originally, from my understanding, was to be able to take anything that you did in Logic as a player in the studio, thinking that you're recording everything direct using either MIDI or direct audio for your guitars and basses or vocals or what have you, and being able to take those setup ideas and transfer them right into a live rig via main stage and be able to use the exact same sounds live that you used in the studio. Okay, so there's that. Now, another use for main stage, you know, I think was probably one of the initial ideas as well, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are, let's say, a singer-songwriter, to have sort of like a backing band type of a thing yep. running as a loop in main stage as well. So you could trigger that. Let's say that you have a stand-up bass and perhaps a small drum loop going on while you're playing guitar, singing, that type of thing, or piano, whatever it happens to be. So there's various very ways hand that for that kind of stuff yeah. as well. Right. Okay. All right. Anything else that you would like to add to that? I'd say go digital, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons why I prefer Mainstage over buying a hardware unit is this. Mainstage and software plugins constantly get updated. Now, you don't have to do it. You can stick with a particular iteration for as long as you care to, and the computer is going to run. But the constant updating of the software so that it is going to be less buggy and it is going to run better, and the fact that hardware in terms of laptops and smaller computers are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and you're getting more capable audio interfaces also getting smaller. The amount of gear that you can carry and the amount of sounds that you can carry is substantially larger using MainStage than any other hardware unit, whether it's a Kemper or some sort of keyboard or hardware device. The other thing about that is, is that the hardware device doesn't really have the same sort of updatable software roadmap that something like MainStage has. That's one way that I look at it. Plus, with things like the Kemper, you have to sample the sound that you actually want. And then you can also add things like foot pedals into the situation with guitar players in general or specifically compared to, say, keyboardists. You have a plethora of effects built in. And you can get a bunch of third-party plugins to also recreate and emulate various plugin or plugin-type sounds. 
That's something that I also see as a benefit over particular hardware units as well. Yeah. No, there's, it's a huge rabbit hole to go down as well, but the, you know, the, the flexibility is, is awesome. You do have to do a certain amount of tinkering, but yep. as you but said- But you have to do that with hardware anyway, so who cares? You have to do that with anything, but that's also part of the fun. Yes. Right? We, yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, the verdict is that you're a big fan of main stage and it's part of your live rig, so- It is. Yeah. I went so far as to create an actual custom MIDI pedal just to run the damn thing. You did. I did. You? And, and you know what? We should post a couple of those pictures, actually, uh, on right. social media, I think, if, yeah. if you're cool with that. I am very cool with it. All right. Cool. Anything else, Jody? No, Talking I think we should about wrap that down and say, hey, it's time for Friday Finds. Chris, what do you got? I have another software instrument today, this week from Native Instruments. Mm. And I want to make sure I pronounce this correctly because it's very easy to mispronounce this. But it's called Ash Light. Ash Light. And it is a granular synth engine, essentially, and great to create all of these cinematic textures and things that I'm a big fan of. And um, it looks really, really interesting to me. So, so that's, my, that's my find for this Friday, Ash Light by Native Instruments. What do you got for us, buddy? Well, we must be kind of thinking along the same wavelength because my choice is from a different company called TuneTrack. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. <laughs> they have an entire line called EZ and then Easy Guitar or Easy Bass or Easy Keyboard or whatever it is. They have a new product out called Easy Cinema, which requires the use of their keyboard player to make use of it. But along the lines of Ash Light that you just mentioned, it comes with sounds for cinematic soundscapes. Cool. There you have it. We're both kind of going in the cinema realm this week and with software sense to do it. <laughs> awesome. I dig it. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Rock on. So, yeah, mine's the TuneTrack Easy Cinema is my choice of this week. While we've got your attention, we would like to ask you to go to the website inside the recordingstudio.com and sign up for our email list. Doing so will get you automatically entered into any giveaway that we are currently doing. Plus, you get weekly reminders about the tips on Tuesdays and the week's episode that just came out so you don't miss any future episodes. In addition to that, if you send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the words, Go Digital! you'll get something back in your inbox. If you have a topic of suggestion for us to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page at the website and we'll put it into rotation for consideration. With that, see you next week. Have a good one, Jody.